Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today A's pitching coach Scott Emerson joins us to talk about how well the rotation is coming together, especially the younger starters. He'll also discuss the bullpen's work lately and his thoughts on umpires. All of that next on A's Plus. Our guest today on A's Plus is A's pitching coach Scott Emerson. We like to check in with Scott from time to time. First of all, he's a fantastic talker. But um, second, you know, we like to, to find out what the state of the A's pitching staff is. And recently, Scott, it seems like the rotation by and large has found um, kind of a nice groove. All five guys have turned in some really outstanding efforts here in the last couple of weeks. What, what are you seeing going on with the rotation? Well, I see a lot of healthy competition. You know, I've seen uh, guys interact with each other on the bench, talking about their craft. And, uh, you know, it's just been a, a great thing to see. You know, the young guys uh, coming up in uh, Bassett's fire, fiery approach. And uh, it's just, I think Bassett, when he got here, he showed some, uh, some gamemanship and some spark and he sparked the other guys that hey you know you know don't take this for granted you know he's kind of been up and down for a few years and uh, he comes out all fired up and it, it kind of kick-started everybody else and it's I think it's the healthy competition between each starter hey you go you go eight innings I'm gonna try to go eight innings you do this I'm gonna try to do that so when these guys can kind of police themselves a little bit and I can sit back and watch and enjoy it and uh, and maybe throw my jabs when I have to but it, it's been fun to watch yeah, what about Frankie Montas? It seems like uh, I, Bob Melvin has used the phrase kind of taking it to another level this year, and that seems pretty apt. What do you what do you see with him this season? Well, I think, you know, when he came into spring training, you know, he, he was out of options. He had something to prove. Uh, and and Frankie's been a great student. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about or a lot of people have written about his split uh, fast finger fastball this year, but his fastball command, his overall fastball command, and his slider. You know, he's he's pumped up that slider a little bit velocity wise, which makes the break a little bit better. And then he's got that good split going, so he's got a great three pitch mix. But the fastball command is also complementing the split, where the split complements the fastball command. And you're seeing a little bit more swing and miss from a guy who already knew how to throw strikes. But now he's, you know, I always talk about if, if hitting's timing, pitching is disruption of timing, that split allows the fastball to play and that fastball allows the split to play. And now he's throwing that slider a little bit harder. I think it's been a full complement of all three of his pitches. It seems like he, he really um, relishes the, like the pitching aspect of it. Like he's turned into a pitcher, not just a, a thrower, which he clearly was early in his career when, you know, he was regularly throwing like 103. Yeah, and, and he's got good movement to his fastball. You know, I think that, uh, you know, Frankie's starting to feel comfortable. And I've always talked about pitchers getting to the league and, and you know, they get out there and, and you're, you're looking at a pitcher over the first 25, 30 starts. This isn't who the guy's going to be. He's not comfortable yet. He, he's, he's still feeling out the league, feeling out the big leagues, the, the whole ambiance of the league. And I, I think that Frankie's, you know, far enough along in his development and his career that he realizes that it's just baseball. It's facing hit, the hitter. Don't give the hitter too much credit. You know, go out there, you know, fear, fear no one, respect everyone type of attitude. And he goes out there and, and he's filling up the strike zone and, and he thinks he belongs and, and I think he belongs too. 
Now, Daniel Bengman has been back for two starts. Uh, what are your impressions of, of what we've seen from Mingnan? He had a little bit of a rough spring, um, but he did a nice job in Las Vegas, obviously, and he's come back looking, you know, kind of like the Daniel Mangdon we're used to seeing when he when he is pitching well. You know, it, it's kind of, yeah, I would say uh, uh, Daniel in the conversation in May and June maybe of last year was one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. So it was getting back to him knowing uh, his stuff and knowing what he does well. I think last game you saw that, you know, he's got a full complement of pitches, and it and he's one of those guys that if two of them aren't working, he can overexpose the other two pitches, the changeup, the slider, the cutter, the fastball. I mean, he's got an assortment of pitches, and if two doesn't don't show up early in the game, he's got to be able to recognize, all right, well, maybe those two aren't showing up, and then maybe I can go to something else. But as you saw last game, he had a lot of slider working early in the game, and all of a sudden, about the sixth, seventh inning, that changeup started showing up, and he got some good outs on his changeup. So, you know, my hat's off to him. He's a hard worker. Uh, he keeps himself in great shape. He's a really good student of the game. He's on the analytics. He's looking up uh, what he can do versus what the hitter can do, uh, and he's compiling his game plan, and it makes my job a lot easier too because, you know, uh, Marcus and I and Pike, one of our analysts, uh, we take the game plan and, and we set it up. Up, but the game plan is not going to work if the pitchers don't buy into it. So you need the help from the pitchers. You know, we give them our information and talk to them. And, and I try to, try to at the end of the day, want these guys to feel comfortable out on the mound. So the more they do their homework, the better they feel, the more prepared they are. You know, it's one thing for me to feel prepared, but it's another thing for the pitchers to go out and feel prepared. And by them doing their homework and preparing for themselves, it makes it a lot easier. And, and he's, a, he's a great student at that. Now you've got uh, obviously the two veterans in the rotation, Mike Fires and Brett Anderson. Fires throws a no hitter, you know, a couple starts ago, and uh, Brett Anderson has just been, you know, really pretty steady so far this year. He does still have this tendency to get some weird injuries when he's on the mound, uh, twice so far this year already. Uh, but what what are you seeing from your two most veteran guys here? Well, with Mike, you know, and and, and Brett, it, you know what you get mo yeah. most times out. I mean, they go out there, they're great competitors, they're you know, mostly throwing most throwing strikes. Uh, their game plan is pitch to their strengths and avoid the hitter's uh, strengths at, at all costs. Uh, Brett knows how to move his baseball around. You know, he's developed a really good changeup over the last couple of years. And we, you know, I laugh about it and say, man, when I had you in 08, if you would have done this. And I did, I'll, I'll admit, I did call Brett Anderson Cy Young Award back in 2008 when I had him in AA. But uh, he's had a great career, and uh, he knows how to move his ball around. And, and, and same with Mike. You know, Mike, those types of guys, you kind of sit back and throw your little jab when you have to and let them get their work. But it's more or less like, how can I help you? You know, I'm asking them, hey, am I missing something? Do you need me for something? If I see something drastic, obviously that's my job with the organization to go out and, uh, you know, address it with them. But uh, more so it's how can I help you? The younger guys, you might push a little bit more uh, in, in, in my style a little bit, I would say. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're going to be with them a lot and you give the veteran guys a little bit more freedom. But, uh, you know, when these guys get good, you just kind of remind them how good they were or how good they can be or, or what they do well. Right. Uh, and you've got guys who are finally pitching deep into games, too, which is key because uh, earlier in the season, uh, we certainly saw, you know, it, it happens to teams, especially early in the season when um, 
starters aren't going deep into games. It overworks the bullpen. And I think your bullpen was, was showing some of the effects of that. A lot of extra inning games, too. There was that on the last homestand. I think you, the team played four extra inning games in eight days, something like that. And the, the bullpen was getting a little tired. I know it can be very difficult sometimes to evaluate a bullpen's work because of that. But since the starters have been getting deep into the game, I think that gives you a better idea. What do you think now? of the bullpen and the work you're getting now that they're a little more rested. Well, you look at Ryan Buchter the other night. This guy comes in and he hasn't pitched in a while because of the starters uh, going deeper in the games, and, and he's throwing 95 with a with a late breaking ball. You know, rest does prove something, you know. And the job is to try to get everybody to the mound as fresh as possible. But, you know, as the season goes along and if your starters aren't going six to seven innings, you know, you're getting a lot of use. And what a lot of people don't understand, too, you know, the average fan is these guys warm up a lot. Right. So that takes some wear and tear. So you're always in constant communication with the guys. You know, Joaquin Soria uh, against the uh, Cleveland the other night, he did a great job of going an inning and a third, got a double play ball. And I told him after, after he pitched, I said that was an amazing accomplishment because he went seven days without pitching and then came in and gave us an inning and two thirds, got a double play ball, got us out of a key moment. And uh, for me, you know, the sign of a good pitcher is being able to keep themselves ready for when their number was called. And his number wasn't called because he wasn't pitching good or we don't have any trust in him. His number wasn't called because the starters were going deep in the games. So it's my job to remind guys, hey, you might want to get off the mound if you haven't been off the mound in a while. But these guys, you know, it's hard to get them off the mound and work, uh, you know, give a private lesson per se to right. relievers because they warm up so much. But when they don't, we're able to get them off the mound some and make some minor adjustments. So did you do that with Soria? Do you make a few minor adjustments for no, we, any we, of the other guys? Uh, well, we, we got we got some time with uh, Torino and we got some time with uh, Brooksy. So, um, you know, just getting them off and, and getting them feeling good about themselves, you know, confident-wise, uh, maybe a little different setup or maybe a little different leg kick. Right. Nothing too major, just reminders of, you know, what you got to do to keep your, your delivery repeatable. Uh, obviously, we got video work that we can do, and, and we watch that on a consistent basis, Marcus and I. But, um, you know, there, when you got time and you know you might have some time, then it's it's fun to get down in the pen and, and work with them. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with Trevino, he's a good example of a reliever where sometimes I, I think um, fans don't take into consideration his stuff is so good. And it moves so much. Um, we saw in the first night in Cleveland, you know, he had trouble with some walks. Sometimes I think that's as much as anything that's umpires, not necessarily knowing how much a, a pitch is going to move or where it's going to end up because it does move so much. Because you look at the at the tracker and a lot of those pitches are actually strikes and they're not getting called strikes. Well, you know, I, I think in uh, guys with uh, high velo with late movement, uh, they'd welcome the computerized strike zone. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough on umpires. They got the toughest job. Uh, you know, generally both sides don't like umpires. Right. That's just how, that's right. just how the, the, uh, we, we all grew up, right. you know, and, and you know, to their credit, they're generally 92% right. And, uh, you know, it's just the timing of the of the uh, misses that, you know, most people don't like. You know, I always tease our pitchers. You don't throw one three inches outside and he calls it a strike. You don't say, hey, wait a second. Let's take that back. I'm really 1-0 instead of 0-1, you know. So, uh, but uh, lose stuff is electric. And, uh, you know, what, what teams do is, you know, as, as they're making adjustments on Lou, we got we to gotta quickly make the adjustments back on the teams. So if they feel like Lou's not throwing enough strikes in the zone or getting the calls because he's, he's nasty, 
then they might not swing as often. So now we got to go back and make the adjustments and get the ball more over the plate so they start swinging. So then we can make the adjustments to start expanding the zone again. Right. So it's a game of, you know, just give or take, you know, we're, you're, we're always making adjustments. They're making adjustments. Yeah, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the Mariners, when we play them next, they're going to make adjustments on our pitchers and, and we'll, we'll go out with plan A. We'll have plan B behind it and there's a plan C. So, you know, we got three plans going into a game. Well, it's funny you mentioned the, about the umpires and being 92% right. Chris Bassett was mentioning that he had 15 or 16 pitches in his start in which he, he walked six batters at Cleveland um, where he, he thought they were strikes and they were called balls. And he went and looked and he said they were all very borderline and the umpire got the call right like every single time and he went like oh yeah okay well you know this well, is a guy who was calling a pretty tight tight zone but it was consistent and they were all borderline but they were all probably all strikes you know i i, I when i'm watching the game i'm looking for the consistency of the strike right. zone for both teams right if he's calling them down a below for them i expect to have the down below call as well if he's calling it an inch out or at two inches out on one side i expect to get the same thing but generally i mean these umpires they don't want to call balls i mean let's be let's be real here they're out there trying to do the best they can and my hat's really off to them and, and it's not like i said an easy job but uh, generally you know you look at replay and, and on the pitches and, and if that box is correct you know i mean i know some of the boxes take gravity out and and there's a different form of, uh, you know, how this how this uh, box really works. Right. But um, overall, I mean, they're out there doing the best they can. And like I said, the pitchers are, are in the moment. Right. You know, you see the fire. Even the fans will yell and scream <laughs> on a close pitch. And our, our catchers and most catchers in the big leagues do a good job of presenting balls that are that are just off the plate as strikes. And uh yeah, there's you know, a lot that goes into it. Yeah, sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't. Yeah. You just want to you want to make sure that both teams are getting them uh, in the same areas equally. Now, you kind of alluded to this. Um, it's certainly nice when you have a rested bullpen, but there's a balancing act. Um, can you wind up with a bullpen that's maybe a little too rested? Like Blake Trinan, for example, there have been, I think he went almost a month with like maybe one save attempt or something like that, That's which is crazy when you've got a guy like that and he's just not winding up with even the opportunities to save games. Right. There's times where, you know, we're in communication with Blake and, and I'm trying to tell him, uh, uh, and he's, he's such a respectful guy of the staff, uh, hey, if you need a courtesy inning, if we're down big or something like that, or we're up big, you let me know, but he wants us to make the decisions for him. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, call down and see if you just rather throw a bullpen, but you know, with, with Blake and Lou and our guys, you know, you still want them to be pitching, right? You know, when you, when, when you have the lead, you go to your guys that have been uh, pitching with the lead a lot. And, um, when you don't have the lead, sometimes you got to go with them as well. You're looking at all, we got an off day tomorrow, uh, and, and we'll see where guys are at, but, um, I like guys pitching. You know, obviously we, we want them to pitch where they're fresh, but when you're out there and you're throwing off the mound and you're mastering your craft, I mean, we take batting practice every day. The guys go to the cage every day. We're taking ground balls every day. Pitchers have got to master their craft by doing something off the mound. You know, every if you're not on the mound every two days, you need to try to get up on that mound to stay sharp. Now, Blake's coming off, uh, you know, one of the all-time great seasons ever by a reliever. I mean, ever in baseball history. I mean, it was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Can that be difficult for a reliever to try to follow that up or create 
unrealistic expectations, you know, from the team, from the fan base, from people around baseball? Yeah, I mean, you know, with the new technology out, uh, we got the Rap Soto information, and you got a lot of stuff about pitch design that's out there. Uh, every pitcher in baseball or every athlete wants to improve upon of what they did the previous year, the previous time out, and that's not easy. I mean, you got his number offhand was a .80 RA right in that range. I mean, I mean, I think, yeah. dang, I mean, I was thinking, you know, this guy has under a .25, and what an unbelievable year for him again, you know? I mean, and you got to remember that it's hard to repeat what he did. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but that, like you said earlier, that was an unbelievable uh, uh, event that happened for him. But, you know, I just want him going out there and feel good about himself, feel good about the baseball coming out of his hands. The numbers will be the numbers. Right. I mean, I, I, I look at games pitched and zeros. You know, I know Joaquin Soria early in the year at one time had a six ERA and, and people, you know, just reading around the media, they, they talk. And I was like, yeah, but out of 15 games, he only gave up runs in four games and he had put up 11 zeros. You know, and I always talk about that. You want the guy that goes nine, nine one-inning games, so he pitches nine games, one inning. He gives up one run every game. That's a nine ERA. Or you want the guy that went seven scoreless. He gave up four runs in one game and five runs in another game. That's a nine ERA. So I call it a swazzle. Look, look deep inside the numbers. Go farther and say, you know, this guy was pitching pretty good at 11 games uh scoreless out of 14 that that's pretty good in my book right um blake's um stuff is so phenomenal i think we all saw last year like on social media there were constantly you know videos of look look how nasty this is does it look the same to you at this point yeah it does uh i i think he's uh like i said at some point in time you know guys want to try to get better do something right. different think they got to change up a little bit because the, the hitters may be on them. You know, you, you saw a little more four seam earlier in the year and and uh, remind him that, you know, he's got the best two seamer I've ever seen. So we saw a little bit more of that the other night to left-handed hitters, which I'm hoping we see more of that. Uh, but ultimately, I, I need him to feel comfortable about himself out there. And, and, you know, a lot of people will go, well, and this isn't towards Blake, but why isn't this guy doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Well, maybe the guy just doesn't feel comfortable doing it right now. Right, so right. you've got to have another alternative to get him through that right. until he feels comfortable doing certain things. You know, we'll, we'll take fires, for instance, the elevator fastball and the curveball down at the bottom of the zone. If he's not feeling his curveball, well, we got to get him through the game doing something else. And I'm just using Mike as an example. Right. If Brett doesn't have his changeup, we got to do something different to get him through the games. Bassett lost his changeup in the sixth walk uh, game against Cleveland. So it was back, we were back to, hey, we don't even use it much anymore. Start going cutters to the backdoor side, soft out there with the cutter, and use your fastball again. So, I mean, we're, we're constantly changing. And, and, you know, it's just like any other thing. It gets in your mind and you start thinking about it. And, and you know, these guys aren't superheroes. As much as we want them to, to be superheroes, they do have a mind. And sometimes it gets a little bit clouded in the fact that, man, if they're struggling, they want to do something different, then we got, might have to do a minor adjustment just so we can get them confident again to go back to what they do. So it, it's a constant game of adjustments. Now, last question, because um, I know you got to go, but uh, we talked about this last week. You, uh, at some point, you're going to start getting back some of these gut injured guys, some of the big, you know, Jarrell Cotton, A.J. Puck, uh, Jesus Lazardo, Shamanaya. At some point, 
all of these guys could be at least options for you. The rotation's going well. What, what do you think as a pitching coach of it? At some point, maybe kind of having almost an embarrassment of riches. Well, I think, you know, obviously it'd be great for us, you know. Uh, I know the organization will put us in a great position, uh, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that these guys are pitching to their their, their potential, you know, especially like uh, A.J. And, and Lazardo who've never been in the big leagues. You know, go taste some success somewhere before you come here. Right. You know, don't just, in my opinion, you know, we're, I hope we're, we wouldn't just throw them in the fire without even having some games in the minor leagues. You know, especially that coming off Tommy John. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, that's yeah. not fair to those guys but uh it won't when uh the organization feels like they're ready to come to the big leagues then i'm sure we'll have them up here and, and when september comes we can expand the rosters i think this is the last year where you can really get up to 40 and i think next year they're making that adjustment to 28 so you know then we got something to play with so yeah i think we, if we just take our time with the, with the young guys and uh, let them get their feet wet and you know Jarrell's going to go out on a rehab assignment or he's actually out on one right now and He's got his 30 days, and we'll see how he goes, you know, and, and you know, the, he's got to pitch good, too. Right, so, absolutely. you know, they, they have to, you know, go out there and pitch good and feel good and, and feel confident and ready, and then I'm sure the organization will make up their decisions. Wonderful. We'll talk more then. Thanks again, Scott Emerson. Thank you very much. Our thanks again to Scott Emerson for joining us today on A's Plus. Our producers were King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. We'll be back again next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Mm-hmm.